What Jesus does with death is our focus today. From John chapter 11, verses 1 to 45. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, pour down your Holy Spirit on us as we gather together. Open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you. Bring us comfort where we need comfort, peace where we need peace, but redirection where we need redirection. May your spirit guide us, help us to see how Jesus is at work for us and through us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. As I mentioned, today's focus is on what Jesus does with death. And we're going to focus on the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And whilst John chapter 11 verses 1 to 45 is often called Lazarus raising from the dead, the real hero of the story is not Lazarus. The real hero of the story is Jesus. Jesus comes onto the scene and does something that nobody else can do. He brings comfort, but more importantly, he brings life. And we're going to look at what this means for us, what implication it has for us as God's disciples, both on this earth and where we should have our focus. Verses 25 to 26 say, Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? But before we begin, here's three questions for you to ponder. The first is, what does it mean for my life to be shaped more by life than death? What does it mean for my life to be shaped more by life than death? As Christians, we have been given this wonderful gift, this gift of the resurrected life, a life with God that Jesus has made possible, a life with God that won't be the same what we experience on this earth. It'll be a life where there'll be no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more problems. Could you imagine that? And yet, Whilst we live on this world, in this world, we will see death all around us, and often death can consume us. And I ask this question: Why does it mean? What does it mean for my life to be shaped more by life than death? To help us to think: How can our life be shaped and reflect God's resurrected life more than be focused on what's happening around us in this world and the negativity that happens around us? The second question that I encourage you to think about and ponder is, what has a greater focus in my thoughts, plans and prayers? Are they God's big plans or are they my plans? What has a greater focus in my thoughts, plans and prayers? Are they God's big plans or are they my plans? And in our current situation, what does it mean to trust that God is at work? encourage you to think about that. In the things that we're facing at the moment, the challenges and the problems that we're facing, what does it mean for us to trust that God is still at work? Now, if you think about today's reading, you would have noticed that Jesus, from some people's perspective, dawdled getting to Lazarus. And Mary and Martha weren't too happy about this. And they probably thought, if, and they did say this, if Jesus had arrived quicker or if he had been there, bad things wouldn't have happened. And I think all of us have probably been through some negative things where we thought, 
if God had just showed up then, life wouldn't have been so bad. But often God has been at work. Often God has been doing something fantastic, even though it looks like a mess. And we often only see that in hindsight. Let's begin. Let's start exploring what Jesus does with death. The first thing he does is, even though death is temporary for us believers, even though we know that death does not stop us having eternal life, because Jesus has paid the price for our sins, that he has died and that he has risen from the dead, and that because if he's done that, we will have life. And so our death on this earth, even though it's only temporary, it's good to see that Jesus still comforts us. He still cries with those who experience death. From verses 33 to 36. When Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, how, see how he loved him. It's important for us always to remember that amongst the troubles that we experience, the difficulties, that God still cares for us, that God still loves us, that God still is with us and thinking of us, that he has experienced the problems that we have experienced, and yet he has a bigger picture of things. He can do good out of bad situations, as we often discover in the scriptures. And even though all the and all those things are possible and do happen, when we do experience bad stuff, God is still crying with us. He's still mourning. He's still weeping. He knows that when we experience someone at a, who has died, someone we loved and had died, He knows that we love them and that we're going to miss them on this earth and he is with us and so never forget that that whenever you experience something bad some loss that God is with you that God is helping you through this period that period of life he still comforts us and still cries even though he is most likely doing something far bigger and better through that situation the second that Jesus does with death is he uses death and the other problems we experience to help people see God's glory. From verse 4 we hear, When he heard this, Jesus said, The sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And then in verse 14 to 15 we hear, So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. And then from verse 40, we hear, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? The reality is that when it sometimes takes people to get in a situation when they can't help themselves, when they don't have control over what's happening, to actually see the good that God's been doing. It doesn't mean that God hasn't been doing good all along. But often we don't see that. Until something bad happens, when then something good happens. 
I remember a few years ago, some people in Queensland who experienced those terrible floods said they didn't, they'd forgotten about God until after the floods. And during the floods, they had prayed to God for help. And then after the floods, they had seen Christians come into their community, helping them and caring for them. Jesus does use death. And this is what he did with Lazarus' situation. He used death so people could see how powerful, how good God is. The third thing Jesus does with death is he makes it clear death is not the end. But it uses death as a stepping stone to the resurrected life. Jesus makes it clear that death is not the end, but uses death as a stepping stone to the resurrected life. From verses 25 and 26 we hear, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? I'd encourage you to keep that, this thought at the centre of your heart. Yes, death will happen on this earth. But that is not the end for you. That is not the end for any believer. Because Jesus came into this world, that he suffered and died and rose for you, that he, that he took the punishment that you should have taken, it has meant that you now have a gift of eternal life that you can hold on to, that you can know has been secured for you through Jesus' death and resurrection. Because it's he makes Jesus sees death only as a temporary thing. And we'll see this regularly throughout the New Testament, that death can't defeat us and hasn't defeated Jesus because Jesus has defeated death already. And the fourth thing that Jesus does with death is that when people see what he does with death, the resurrection, that they see that death hasn't got power over him, they believe. From verse 45 we hear, Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. I would have loved to be there when Lazarus rose from the dead. I would have loved to be there when Jesus rose from the tomb. I would have wondered what my mind would have done. Would I have been one of those who believed? Or would I have been like some who are sceptical? I pray I would have been like one of those believed. And it's because people have believed that I have faith now. Because they've passed on this faith, this belief to me. And they've passed on this faith and this belief to you. You see, when people see how powerful Jesus is with death, that death can't control him, that he actually has power over it, they believe and they put their trust and their faith in him. And this is important for us as Christians as we live our lives, is to keep remembering this, is that death doesn't stop us. Some years ago when I conducted a funeral, officiated a funeral, a person came up to me and said, I love this funeral, unlike many others. And I said, I just asked them the question, why? And I said, because most others talked about the person who had died. 
but this funeral focused on the life that they're going to have with Jesus forever. And so I'd encourage you to have that focus. That even though we will experience death, yes, it is a sad thing. And remember, Jesus will comfort us during that death. That death is not the end. That God has given us a gift of a new life. And so the fifth thing that Jesus does with death is that we see in today's story and a bit and a few verses afterwards that Jesus doesn't shy away from death. He doesn't avoid death, but instead continues to work towards his father's mission, knowing that he will be killed so that we can benefit. Verse 53, a few verses after our reading for today, says, From that day on, the Jewish leaders plotted to take his life. You see, when Jesus sees death, and we're going in a few weeks' time, talk about his death on the cross on Good Friday. He didn't avoid that trip. He didn't avoid that mission that God had given him, his father had given him. He just persevered with her. And that's good news for us. It's good news for the whole world. Because he experienced that death, we will have life. And that is something for all of us to be thankful for and to praise God for and to trust God for. So what does this mean? What does it mean that, from what we've heard, how Jesus, what Jesus does with death? What does it mean for us as disciples of Jesus? Well, the first is, let's live with a greater focus on the resurrected heavenly life and less on this temporary life. Because we live in this world, it's very easy to get caught up in the, the things we see, the things we're involved in, the things that give us joy, and the things that give us pain. But can I encourage you, and it's also an encouragement for me, to live with a greater focus on the resurrected life, to be focused more on the promises of God, his perspective of life, and the life he's offering us. The second thing, is that we should expect worldly pain. Remember, this is not our heavenly home. And in one other occasion, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, said, I'm going to leave you peace, but it's not the peace that the world gives. And so as we live this world, we should expect pain. We should expect pain because there is sin in this world. And we should expect pain because not everybody appreciates what Jesus is on about. Not everyone appreciates what Christianity is on about. Christianity is on about forgiveness, love and grace. The third thing in living as a disciple of Jesus is be comforted by Jesus. Be comforted by Jesus. Spend time in God's word. Spend time with other Christians. Allow people to minister to you. Allow people to pray for you, especially when you're going through difficulties. Allow God's word to speak into your situation. The fourth thing I think is important for us in living as a disciple of Jesus is let's look for and be involved in what new life God is bringing to dead situations. Let's look for and be involved in what new life God is bringing to dead situations. Now those dead situations may be a dead church and there is a number of stories happening around the world where communities have refocused on God and the mission he has called them to do and they've understood their context and they've watched how God has used them 
to bring new life into that church. In other occasions, I've heard stories of people who are going through major marriage problems and then they've decided to focus on God together and that's changed their, changed their whole marriage. For some people, it's about they've been so caught up in the, being successful in this world, so caught up in proving to others how good they are, that they're in control of things and it's completely failed and they've started to trust God and people have noticed something different. There's a new life with them. But there's even a bigger new life that God is giving us. And that new life is the new life he has made possible for you and for me and for each one of us through Jesus. I've mentioned this a few other times, but could you ever imagine a life where there's no more sin, no more suffering, no more pain and no more death? That's the new life God has promised you and me. And that is the new life that we can start being focused on and allowing us to be shaped by right now. The fifth thing is, because of Jesus, see death as a stepping stone to eternity, not the end. Whenever you experience death of somebody, remember what Jesus has done for them, especially a believer, that Jesus has died on the cross and rose for them, that he has, in doing so he has given them the new life that God has given them, a life in heaven. And so death and a funeral shouldn't be so negative, shouldn't be so, oh, this is, we're never going to see them again. But it should be a time of thanking God and praising God, not just for the life that this person has lived, but more important for the life that they will live, for the promise that God has made for them. And lastly, let's keep focused on Jesus. Let's keep ourselves focused on Jesus and let's point others and help others to be focused on Jesus. Because it's Jesus who gives us this new life. It's Jesus who helps us understand this new life. It's Jesus who ultimately makes it possible for you and for me to live in heaven in this new life. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the new life you've given us. We thank you that you have taken our lives and allowed them to die so that we can have new lives with you. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to help us to be people who live in this new life. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.